So you've been looking at Romans chapter 8 for the past couple of weeks. Isn't it an incredible passage of Scripture? Listen to some of those beautiful passages that arise from this chapter. Romans chapter 1, or chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Now Paul continues on this amazing, with this amazing chapter, and he once again starts off strong when it comes to the passage that we're looking at today. Did you know that the godly life is a good life? When we belong to God and He is in us, life is good. However, not only is life in the here and now good, life in the future is good as well. The future of those who belong to Jesus looks very good. Listen to what Paul says in verses 28 to 30. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those He foreknew, He has also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. And as we look at these verses, I'm sure 28, verse 28 is known to many of us, and it's a wonderful verse. However, we must be sure to clarify a couple of things about verse 28. First of all, notice that Paul says, all things work together for the good. Paul does not say all things are good. And secondly, notice that Paul clarifies who the all things working for good applies to, to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So God doesn't say that everything will be good for everybody. Paul says specifically, all things will work together for good to those who love God. And what Paul is telling us is that if you are a follower of God, you have a good future ahead of you. All the evil, all the suffering, all the heartaches and headaches, all the misrepresentations, all the persecution, all that sin that, has, that was committed against you will work together for good. That's why Paul says in verse 18, that the sufferings of this world do not compare with the glory that awaits us. It will be good. It is all good. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Listen, God has been planning good in your life and in your future since before you existed on this earth. How incredible is that? The miraculous reality is explained to us a bit by Paul in verses 29 to 30, where he says, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to 
to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. And Paul speaks in verses 29 and 30 of God foreknowing us and predestining us. God foreknows us. What does that mean? That God merely sees us ahead of time? Well, that would be foreseeing. Instead, God knows us ahead of time. Before we ever existed on this earth, God knew us, and then He destined us again before we were on this earth to become like Jesus, to be conformed to the image of His Son. This is why God can say to the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, I choose you before I formed you in the wound. I set you apart before you were born. You see, before you were a child of your mother and father, you were destined to become a child of God so that you could become one of the many brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. And you could be adopted as a child of God how incredible is that? Now, not only did God foreknow you, not only did God predestine you, but we see from this passage that He also called us to salvation, justified us by the work of Jesus, and has glorified us by the power of His Holy Spirit. We have a good future that God the Father has already guaranteed. Jesus has already earned, and His Holy Spirit is delivering. Listen now to what Paul says in verses 31 to 34. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not even spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. How will He not also with him grant us everything. Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies, who is the one who condemns. Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, he has been raised. He also is at the right hand of the God and intercedes for us. These verses promise us good and wondrous blessings. When we belong to Jesus, and I'm not when we belong to Jesus, and I'm not talking about blessings of new shoes or new cars or a new style. I'm talking about a new life, new affections, and a new home in heaven prepared for you by Jesus. God gave the life of His Son, Jesus so that we might experience the depth of His great love for us. Think about that. He gave Jesus. Won't He also give us everything else that He has promised? He is faithful, He is loving, and He is full of good blessings. What's more, we don't have to worry about what others might say about us or do to us because we know that God is for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can condemn us? God has already justified us, and He is now sanctifying and glorifying us. He has made us holy. He is making us holy, and He will come one day 
to make us fully holy. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus took all that condemnation and now we can live in all the celebration. Jesus died, he was raised, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father and he says to the Father, that one is with me. How great is that? Finally, let's look at those final verses, 35 to 39. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing created will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. Christ Jesus our Lord. This passage brings much, so much clarity. The question is asked, who can separate us from the love of Christ? And Paul has told us all about all the blessings that came with Jesus all throughout the book of Romans. There are amazing blessings that come with the love of Jesus. However, what if we somehow lose those blessings? What if someone can separate us from those blessings? You can be separated from all our blessings, can't you? You can have great health one day and then find out the next day you have cancer. You can have a very healthy retirement fund and then a financial market crashes. The love of your life one day can tell you they don't love you any longer. Your church can betray you. Your pastor can betray you. Your new car can get wrecked or your new shoes can get scuffed. However, Paul says that nothing Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice that Paul doesn't say that we won't encounter things that try to destroy us or try to separate us from the love of God. Most of the time we can't even go a single day without the, the ways of evil and the dangers of this world clawing at us, trying to bring us down in despair and darkness. And Paul even quotes Psalm 44, verse 30, 22, when he says, Because of you we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. And Paul is pointing to a verse that happened a long time before he was around to point out that God's people have always suffered. The point is not that we won't suffer. The point is that if we are in Jesus Nothing can separate us from God. Nothing. Not affliction, not distress, not persecution, not famine, not nakedness, not danger, not sword, not death, not life, not angels, nor rulers, not things present, not things to come, not powers, not height, not depth, not COVID-19, not politics, not racism, not school violence, not higher fuel prices, not a poor economy, not hypocrisy from other Christians, 
not negativity in the church, not a godless society. No, nothing at all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have security in Jesus. Whatever you can think of, that thing cannot separate you from the love of God found in Jesus. In Jesus, we have a good future, we have good blessings, and we have good security. To summarize what Paul is teaching us in this end section of Romans 8, for those who belong to God, the final outcome will always be good. In fact, I would even say it's spectacular. The final outcome is to be in God's glory and in His presence. We know the end of the story. We know the sufferings of this world do not compare with the glory that will be revealed to us. We know that we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We know that there is no condemnation for us. We know all things work together for us. We know the final outcome for the children of God will always be good. The world is hurting and Jesus brings healing. The world is confused and Jesus brings clarity. The world is dying and Jesus brings life. The world is in darkness and Jesus brings the light. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world in this way, He gave His one and only Son, that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. The world needs to know about Jesus. The world needs to know that God offers them love from which nothing in creation can separate them. Will you tell them? Will you share God's goodness with others this week? I challenge you to do so. And as I close, if you've experienced the goodness of God, stand in that goodness and soak it in. And if you've never experienced the goodness of God, come to Him today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that what has just been spoken rests on the hearts and minds of those here present. Take this sermon and use the Holy Spirit to guide and direct how you wish it to be used. May those that have listened grow deeper in their understanding of their faith. Amen.